This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. How beautiful family, so good to be with you. Wow, what a beautiful anointing, amen. Just great worship to you, Pastor Greg, great word. I mean, we've had church, you know. <laughs> the Bible says if two or more gathered in his name, he's right here in our midst. And I don't know about you, family, but I've already sensed his touch. Let me tell you, I believe he's changing lives, he's healing people right here where we are because that's the God that we serve. And I want you to know that we pray for you, family. As a staff, we pray for you every day. Apostle Theodore, Dr. Beth, pray for you every day. And let me say this, we are so happy to have each and every one of you as part of the CFC family, amen? Good to have you with us. Well, as always, I wanna say a very, very big thank you to mom and dad for this opportunity of being able to share the word with you tonight. And I really believe it's gonna bless your heart. I've enjoyed just preparing it and it's really just makes me so enthusiastic to even think about it and you'll see why in a minute. But um, just as I said, I like to just give them honor because this is really such an honor to be able to do that. Can we just pray? Father God, I just worship you, Lord, and thank you for your presence in this house tonight, Lord. And thank you, Father God, for who you are. And thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you for your word that never returns void. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that I know you are the teacher. And so as I submit myself completely to you, Lord, I know that you would speak through me. But more than that, Father, that you would take this word to our hearts that it would bear fruit in our lives, Father God, that we too can be a blessing to everybody that we come into contact with. And we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for all that you do in our hearts, in our lives, and from tonight, especially in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, amen. Well, praise the Lord, family. As I said, it's so, so good to be with you. And we are actually concluding our seven-part series tonight, which is on seven choices, all biblically, biblically based. And it's so amazing when we just make these little choices in our lives, how it changes not only who we are, but how it overflows into the people that, that we deal with. And I've just enjoyed that so much to be able to do that. And, you know, having wise choices is always, you know, Apostle Theo wrote the book on, on, on the price of a decision. And I'll always go back to that. That when we hear about these choices, we go back to what he said there. And our theme, as you know, for these seven weeks have been that the choices that I make will determine the person that I will become. And isn't that true? Because each and every one of us right now are exactly the sum total of all the choices that we have made in our lives. Whether it's our education, the fact that you're here tonight, putting Jesus first. Personally, I wouldn't want to be anywhere but in the house of the Lord. When the doors are open, I want to be there. Amen. And our theme verse is found in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 11. And I love this because it says, wise choices will watch over you. And I kind of think, you know, of my son when he asked me to watch over my grandchildren. And the reason that he does that is because he wants to know in his absence that they're going to be safe. Amen? And it carries on, it says, understanding will keep you safe. So that's so important. So I want to just do a bit of a recap on what we've already covered, just to remind you 
And we spoke about on week number one, the importance teacher Paul spoke to us on next steps, that we continue to grow in the things of the Lord. And I want to say that next week on our growth track, we have step one. And if you've not done that, do it. That's where you can decide whether this is going to be your home church. And family, it's important to have a spiritual home. So I really encourage you, if you haven't done that, do, do step one, and that will help you make that decision. And then we spoke about, the, the next week, I was so privileged to speak to you about choosing the, to live a life of generosity, not because we feel obligated to do, not because we feel manipulated, but because we are blessed, we can be a blessing, amen, and we can never outgive God. He always says, whatever we do in his name, family, there's a reward. And then what we did is we spoke about God's plan for rest. And that for me was so exciting because, you know, every moment that we have counts. And the one thing that you can never get back is time. So it's important that we choose how we use our time and that we replenish, that we don't burn out, that we don't get so stressed out that we can't even function. Amen, family. Also that we should choose to share love, God's love. You know, it's one thing to receive God's love, but it's very important that we should share that, right? We're not just going to hold on to it. I love to pray that. Thank you, Father, for your love to me and through me. Thank you for your anointing to me and through me. Amen. And then how important it is that we realize that we need to be connected. I mean, the Bible calls us a body, right? I mean, imagine, Pastor Simone, that you could have left your shoulder at home. Get better on your own. We don't do that. When the body hurts, we come together and we care for each other. Amen. So how many of you received some revelation of how you can actually apply this in your life? Amen. Because you see, the thing is, is that it really, it doesn't just help that we, we, we believe these things, family. We really need to, to make sure that we, we make a, a part of our life. You know, it's one thing to have the intent. It's another thing to act on it. It's another thing to, to put it into practice. Because the Bible says that we should not only be hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word. And we see this all over in Scripture. There's power in wise decisions. And so tonight... I'm going to talk about something that I'm sure no one has actually spoken of as a subject, and that is that we choose to live a life of enthusiasm. We actually choose that. Yeah. Come on, Pastor Nanika. There you go. I want to really go to the, to the Old Testament. I want to go have a look a little bit in Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, what we see there is a whole lot of choices that we need to make. In actual fact, in, in chapter 30, it speaks about one of the most important choices of all. God says, I offer you life and death. Amen. And that's all about the fact that we should make a choice to be obedient to God, family. And in Deuteronomy 28, if you'd like to turn there in your Bibles, what we see there is kind of a framework of the Old Testament and the life of God. And what God is doing here is he's actually asking us to put him first in our choices, first in our decisions. And what's going to happen when we do that, it says that blessings will come. In actual fact, it says that blessings will overtake us. But here's the thing. It also tells us in this chapter the flip side of that. What happens when we are disobedient to God's word? 
No, no, many people will say, but ach, no, that's the Old Testament. I've got news for you. This is now written on my heart. It's just as important. We can still not go out there and kill. We can still not go out there and do all those things. The Bible is written on our hearts that we will do it because we want to. So if we willingly are disobedient, if we willingly turn our back on God like Jesus did, if we willingly run away from God like Jonah did, don't get on a cruise ship, you know what happened to him. (laughs) Family, bad things are going to come our way because what we're actually doing is we're walking out of God's covering. We're walking out of God's covenant. So it's important that we keep this word in our hearts. It's interesting to me that as we see all these bad things happening, that we actually find this key, which is what I mentioned this morning, of how we can actually fight the enemy who wants to influence us, who wants to mess with our lives, who wants to help us, who wants us to make bad decisions and bad choices. Excuse me a minute. He really wants you to say, my way is the better way, to go your own way. And there's this key that we see to fighting the enemy, and you just, you're not gonna believe how simple it is. So let's have a look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, and from verse 43, I wanna read. And it says, the foreigners living among you will become stronger and stronger, while you become weaker and weaker. They will lend money to you, but you will not lend money to them, and they will be the head, and you'll be the tail. That's not good. Because just a few chapters before that, in chapter 20, it says that we will be the head, right? And they will be the tail, and we will be above only and not beneath. And now it says when we are disobedient, these things are going to start coming happening to us. And it gets even worse than that. It says if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and obey the commandments, And these decrees that he has given you, all these curses will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed. No, thank you. Verse 46, these horrors will serve as a sign and a warning among you and your descendants forever. Now, I want to know about these things. I want to know because I want to fall into that stuff in my life. Amen. But now listen to this. This is where we see the key in verse 47. It says this, if you... Do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant blessings that you have received. You will serve your enemies, whom the Lord your God will send against you. Watch this, family. There's a key here. Flip it around. This is important. Watch this. It says, if I serve the Lord my God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant blessings that I have received, I will control my enemies. They are under my feet. They've got no place in my life. Amen? It's important. I mean, wow. That's like pretty amazing, I would say, because the Bible tells us that we we must serve the Lord our God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant blessings that we have received. So that's where I say, Lord, I thank you. It means I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you that I can serve you with a thankful and a grateful and enthusiastic spirit because I do not want to serve my enemies. We see this also in Psalm 100 verse 2. Remember, we know that, that, right? Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, if you don't have gladness, it gives you a chance. It says, come into his presence with singing. In actual fact, the Bible says, if you want joy, sing for joy, right? 
I mean, it just, the Bible gives us a, a prescription against the, the, the spirit of heaviness. It says, put on the garments of praise. But we have to do something. I mean, you young guys, maybe you, when you got your matric results and you found out that, that you passed, how happy were you? One person was happy. Maybe you got a university entrance. How happy were you? A few more people. <laughs> maybe you had that, like, summer holiday romance. Yeah, and you had to come back and talk about that. How enthusiastic were you about that? Pastor yeah. Nanika, you're laughing too much. You better tell me about what happened. Femi, how much more when we think about the abundance of what God has done in our lives? Amen? I mean, in the New Testament, we see this in Philippians 4 verse 4. I mean, it says this. It says, always. What does always mean again? Right. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. And he says, I'll say it again in case you didn't hear. He says, rejoice. Let everyone see. Tell your face. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And so I make this choice that I'm going to live my life enthusiastically for God Almighty, for His Word, in the church, in my worship, in all the things of God. Family, that's who we want to serve. You see, because when we do that, we are actually holding back the enemy simply by our lifestyle that he doesn't mess with us and in my life and in my mind and in my, my family. And we see this in the word. And now, I'm not sure what your meaning of enthusiasm is or how you've applied it, but it is actually a biblical word. And maybe what you think, it's this, hop it up, hop it up, hop it up. Or maybe you just think, pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. <laughs> let's get the vibes right. Okay, I'm not saying it's not that. But that's not all it is. Okay, so let's have a look. It's actually a deeper Actually, very spiritual word, and when we make this choice, it's a wise choice to live for God. In fact, one of the most important choices on the way that we serve God. If we look at this word, it's made up of two words, and the first part of it is the N, which simply means in, and the second part is the word theos, which actually means God. So what we're talking about is God within Living out that enthusiasm, so I'm a, and allowing God to be in my life. I'm allowing Him to move through every part of my life. That I'm going to submit my life completely to Him. That I would, He would be saturating every part of me. Because the more there is of God, the less there is of me, and the more of God is going to shine out of my life. And that is the expression of enthusiasm. So let me show you what it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and work for the Lord enthusiastically. Amen, family. You know, if you, if you had to ask any employ, employment agency what it is that employers are looking for in the candidates, one of the first things they'll say to you is somebody that's enthusiastic about the job that's being offered. Right? Any employers you know what I'm talking about? You want somebody that's excited about what they're going to do, right? In the message translation, it reads like this. It says, don't burn out. Let me say that to you tonight. Don't burn out. I feel in my spirit there are people that you're just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, right? It says, keep yourself fueled and aflame. How do we do that? We've got to get into the presence of God. It says, be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. 
That's what we need to do, family, is press into the things of God. I want to take you now to a scripture that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and it's just, for me, brings this thing together once again. This is the second letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and I'll pick it up from chapter 8, verse 7 again. And he says this, since you excel in so many ways, right? Remember we said that this was like his, his like super duper church. I mean, they just did everything so well, okay? And he says, you excel in so many ways, right? And, and he says, um, in your faith, and we know that faith is important because without faith, it's impossible to please God. It says, and you excel as gifted speakers. You know, you're such great orators. You just present the gospel so eloquently. And then he carries on, he says, and you excel in your knowledge. I mean, you guys are so smart. You know, you've all graduated and all that stuff, right? And then it says, in your enthusiasm. I mean, family, watch this. It, it says, you know, it's talking here about faith and gifted knowledge and, and your love from us. And as we discussed when I spoke about part two, in all of that, it's also it says your enthusiasm. He says, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving, family. And Paul says the, the most important thing is, well, not the most important thing, but you excel also in your enthusiasm. Isn't that amazing? Right in the middle of all of those things that he says that you, you should excel too in your enthusiasm. Another letter also to the Corinthian church, this was um, in First Corinthians 15, verse 58, it says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong, immovable. He wouldn't tell us to do that if we couldn't be, do that. Be strong, immovable, always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is useless. Now, I want to just give you some examples of how we see this in the Bible. And the first thing that always comes to my mind is David. I mean, here's young David, and he's walking around with all these you know, Goliaths out there shouting the odds. This I'm paraphrasing, right? And David is walking amongst all the, 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 the soldiers, and he's saying, like, what am I going to get if I take this guy out? That's, and the more he's asking, the more enthusiastic he's getting, right? And we know, family, when he eventually got after that tried on the armor and all the rest of it, he ran up that hill, and he took that giant down. Don't tell me that's not enthusiastic. I mean, look at, look at the Apostle Paul. You know, he, he was a great speaker. I mean, he was very eloquent, and he's a great orator. And what he did is he went to Greece, and he went to this place called Mars Hill, and what they would do there is all the academics and all the philosophers and the debaters, they would hang out there and they would kind of invite anybody that had any new theory to come there and they would like to rip them apart, you know. <laughs> yes, the Apostle Paul decided to go there, but what they didn't count on is his passion and his enthusiasm for God. And even in that environment, he won people over to the Lord. In actual fact, you know that that gospel presentation is meant to be one of the most succinct gospel presentations in the Bible. If you want to read it, it's in Acts 17, from about verse 17. It's really cool reading. And then I want to go back to the, to the Old Testament. We've spoken before about, you know, Nehemiah and the wall, and I mean how the place was in derelict for like 46 years. But then we also find that at the same time, the temple had also become all run down. And they were also in the situation where they're like, you know, we've got to rebuild the temple, we've got to rebuild the temple. 
And suddenly we see the scripture in Haggai 1 and verse 14, and it says this. It says, so the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. And they began to work on the house of the Lord their God, the Lord of heaven's armies, 52 days, and it was repaired. That's what enthusiasm will do. It will build things. I actually think of our first church building, three and a half thousand seater building, our congregation built it in two weeks. It took us a while to fix it, but we had a building. <laughs> Amen. We had a building. I was so blessed to serve in children's ministry for many years. And one thing that I found there, family, that if you are not enthusiastic, if you do not have a revelation of the God in you shining out, you're not going to get anywhere because those kids will see right through you. In fact, if I need to give you a definition of what it means to live enthusiastically, it would be this. It is a revelation of allowing the God in me to shine out. Let me say that again. That was good. Better than your response. It's a revelation of allowing the God in me to shine out. Whether it's in my church, in my office, in my home, Give him some praise. Come on, come on, come on. Praise you, Lord. Honestly, the world needs people that are going to make that decision. That the God in me is going to shine out wherever I go. Because it's necessary. Because for many family, people are walking around with this heaviness that it's hard and it's tough. And I want to say when we go through things like that, we need to stand on the word. We need to get into the scripture. And you're not alone. If you need help, come on. We're a family. Let me share something that comes from John Maxwell. Thank you so much. Oh, here we go. This is what he says. He says, one of the greatest things. Okay, let me rather go to my notes. One of the greatest things you can do is to get excited about your life. And to start to live enthusiastically day after day, it's a, he says your whole world will improve. If you're gonna wait for something, some lucky other event to come into your life, guess what, family, if you wait, you know what? You know what your life does? It waits. And if you're gonna hold back until a more appropriate time to get excited, what does life do? It holds back. If you're gonna hold back on enthusiasm, you better develop lots of patience because you're gonna wait a long time to live an exciting life. And how do we do it? We simply go before God. God, I want you to be in my life. I want you to be in every part of my life. I want you to be king of my heart. I want, to, I want you to be in charge of everything. I want you to, I just wanna surrender my life to you so you can shine out of me enthusiastically that every single day, <clears throat> I'm excited about every breath that I have. I'm excited because I know time is short and every day matters. And that I'm gonna make the very best of every moment that I have to live on this earth. And to make a choice to live it enthusiastically and to decide that I'm gonna do it for the Lord. And only I can make that choice for me. Only I can decide what my attitude is. And sometimes we have to stop and say, you know, what is my attitude towards life? 
Now, I'm going to show you how we see enthusiasm, because it's all very well to throw it out and be like, what am I going to do? Well, the first thing that enthusiasm is, it's an energizer. You know, for me, what's so exciting about coming to church every week, when I walk in this building, people aren't jumping around, they're not shouting, they're just sitting here. And the energy in this room of the enthusiasm that it's just bubbling up from the people that are here. Anyone know what I'm talking about? That's the God that we serve. It's the enthusiasm is an adder. It's not a subtractor. Enthusiasm is a developer. It's not a drain. How many of you know people that can drain you? And I know what you're saying, but stay away from them. But family, then we've got to be the adder. Then we've got to be the energizer so that we can make a difference. Amen? The second thing is, I said, enthusiasm is an elevator. Now, I like that one because it lifts up. And I think that's what the gospel does is it lifts up a life. And that's what I, I so love about our church because that's the DNA of our church is that we lift people up. There's always a, a next step, a higher place, a, another place that we can go. And you don't want to be the opposite. I mean, imagine you go on a job interview and they say, give us some of your strengths. No, well, I just bring people down. They want to live up there in the clouds? I'll bring them down. You know what you're going to get? Well, thank you very much. We'll see you never. <laughs> or maybe you're dating somebody. Okay. And then people say, how did it go? Well, you know, it just brings me down. I'm so miserable when I'm with him. Hit the road. You don't need that in your life. You need somebody that's going to lift you up. You need an elevator. And as I said, again, it's what I love about our church. It's what serving is all about, family. That really is what generosity is all about. That's what caring is all about, is to lift people up that cannot lift themselves. So that's who we are, energizer, elevator. And the third one is, is that enthusiasm is an eliminator. That may be my favorite one, you know, because it's just an eliminator. In other words, it helps us to overcome problems. In theos, God in me. I mean, sometimes people go through problems. You know, some other people say, you know, I just feel like it's coming from every direction. It's just one thing after another. After, I feel like I've been in a hailstorm. It just seems to be beating me up. And that's the time that we've really, you know, we've got to let the hope in. And we've got to let the faith in. And we've got to let the word in. And we've got to spend time with the Lord. But too many times you're like, oh, you know, this is just a bad day. I'm just, everything's going wrong. And the first person that walks past you and says, good morning, you actually want to smack them. <laughs> it looks so innocent. But that's the time that we've got to say, I've got God in me, and things are going to change. And I know it's hard, and I know there's pain, and I know there's loss, and I know there's mourning and trauma, and all those things out of there, but God is still God. And I want to tell you this, heaven isn't trembling. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. God is in me, and something good is going to happen. Because it's not the day that's bad. Because this is the day the Lord has made. The next two words, I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice, family. Just eliminate some pain. The eliminators on the inside of me and living out in and through each and every one of us. I mean, just the enthusiasm in a broken world really don't have much to cheer about. 
Amen. And we want God to shine through us. I want to share with you a scripture that I, I just love, and I've shared it before, but it's just for me so, just again, such a great example of how we can live this out. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. And it says this, it says, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now that is enough to be happy about. Now watch this just how it manifests. It says, And through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Imagine every time you walk in a room, the atmosphere changes. Now, I like to think of it like this. You know, sometimes we get home from church, especially on a Sunday afternoon, and everybody's brying, and all you smell is bry. And what happens? You get hungry, man. So I like to think, man, when that fragrance of your presence is there, it puts a hunger in people's hearts for God. Because God in me shining out. Verse 15 says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So I bring God with me wherever I go. So when you see somebody that's just not themselves, just walk up to them and say, are you okay? I had an experience like that a little while ago. I was in, in, in Woolworths, long line, waited forever. I was getting so impatient. And the Lord just dropped in my spirit, what is something's wrong with this lady? There was only one person that was on duty. She didn't even look up. She had to take everything down. And everything was like a ghost slow. You've never seen anything like it. When I got to the counter, eventually I kind of walked up to her, a big smile. I said to her, hi, are you okay? You're like the only one on duty and you're so busy looked up at me with these teary eyes, and she said, my dad died last night. Family, we've got to be, just eliminate some pain, the God in me. He's with me. He's for us wherever we go in this broken world who really don't have much to cheer about. So let me give you three ways of how we can actually do this. And the first thing is simple. We've got to make the choice right? We've got to take responsibility for our own enthusiasm. And it's a big mistake if we think somebody else is going to bring it to us. Remember this, it's not a byproduct. It's something we have to cultivate in our lives. And the truth is that being fired up is not about a personality. I mean, we can't all be Pastor We can't all be Pastor Chris. It's obedience, family. It's obedience to God. And really, I'm praying that God is going to ignite us, that he, he just allow God, that he would live through our lives fully and completely. And though it may look different, and may we, may, we may express it slightly differently, but I want to remind you, as we live our lives so completely for God, allowing God to live through our lives, what happens is, is we are keeping that devil at bay, out of our minds, out of our lives, out of our families. The second thing that we can do is hang around enthusiastic people. Any youth here tonight? Any young adults here tonight? See, they all sound like Osinanika. That's what happens. When you, have, when you hang around happy people, enthusiastic people, you become like them. So find a great group where you can just live this out and people can be there for you. Find a place to serve that you can live this out. This is what God wants for his family. Now listen, it can be the hype, and it can be the pump it up, but it's more than that. It's God in me, living through me. And the last thing is this, is pray and invite God to come and live through you. Remember, to me and through me. I want you to know that people need 
the value of your life. They need it. I mean, they, they need to be lifted. They need to be encouraged. They need to have somebody that's gonna be joyful over them. And it may be your child. Maybe your spouse. It may be somebody in your workplace. They need it, family. We all need it. There's just somebody maybe in your family right now that actually needs to hear you say to them, I love you. I believe in you. I care for you. Nobody else I'd rather have in my life but you. You're my person. And just lift them up. And remember, God Almighty said to you, I love you. I forgive you. You're healed. You're not alone. I'm with you always. So much so, I sent my son so that you can be free. Now, family, our Savior went to the cross. He paid the price for our sins. He paid the price so we can invite him in so that he can live inside of our lives. So why? So that we can lift. We can lift up those that are broken. We can eliminate pain wherever we go. We can make a difference. We can elevate and lift up those who cannot lift themselves. Amen. Can we live that life? Can I pray for you? Would you mind just bowing your heads for a moment? My Father, I thank you that you sent your Son and you constantly say to us, I never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, Father, that we are never alone. Help us to be people who can live enthusiastically for those around us. Don't let them squint to hear the words that they need to hear. God, I pray for this choice, this decision, and I pray that we will make a decision to live our lives enthusiastically for you. God within, help us to shake off all the heaviness and to see what you have done for us and to make changes where we need to make changes. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You know, family, right now, I, I really want for us to, you know, the Bible says is that, that if we put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, and I believe tonight we can activate that. I read this again tonight, and I thought, you know, it's a spirit. We forget it's a spirit. We have power over that. So can we stand to our feet, and can we put on that garment of praise and make these declarations right now of victory and enthusiasm? Come on, let's put our hands together. Come on. But guys, go. Remember, heaven isn't trembling. Hallelujah. Heaven isn't trembling. Yeah. We believe it. We put the garment of praise. Let's sing this together. Yeah. Why would I, when giants come calling my name? Come on, let's sing it louder, family. Oh, my God is so much bigger than the troubles I face.
today that maybe you're sitting listening to this and you're saying well I'm not too sure what you're talking about can I ask you just bow your heads for a moment close your eyes maybe you come and you say you know I'm speaking about entheos God in me how does that happen where does it happen how do I even do that maybe you've never actually had this opportunity and family it's just a case of inviting him in God will never come where he's not invited where he's not celebrated 
And so I would love to give you that opportunity. I would love to be able to be the one to lead you in that prayer, that you allow God to come and live inside of you and that He can shine His life through there. So if you've never done that, I'm gonna ask you tonight, I'd like to pray with you. And in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to just raise your hand up and we're all gonna pray with you. We're your family and we would love to be here for you. And perhaps you've been there before. Maybe, maybe you've made that decision and you just say, I've never lived my life like that. And I am overcome with heaviness and things get me down and I, I need to know how to do this. Well, you know what? The starting place is to realize that God is in you. And if you have Jesus in your life, that's all that you need. And so maybe you just need to rededicate your life tonight. Just come back and say, I wanna walk in the fullness of the power of God. And perhaps you also feel that you just, you hear people saying, you know, they're so sure that they're going to heaven one day. And maybe you're not that sure. And this invitation is for you as well, that if you say this prayer with us, you will be sure that Jesus right now was preparing a place for you in heaven to live for eternity in his presence. So I'd like to do that right now, right here in this auditorium and the other auditoriums, you guys online. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, firstly, if you'd like to rededicate your life tonight, secondly, if you wanna be sure you're going to heaven, I'm gonna count to three right now and right there where you are, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand and in a moment I'm gonna pray for you. One, two, three. Just raise up your hand right there where you are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord sees your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now somebody, a leader of the church is gonna come and stand right there by you and just pray with you. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I wanna ask everybody just to say this prayer with me. Come on, let's just raise our hands to the Lord and just say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you come into my life right now. I invite you in. Thank you, Lord, that you went to the cross. You paid for my sins. You rose again so that I can be free. And right now, I become a child of God. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me, that you would live your life through me. I surrender my all to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com